0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. It's our Rockets Thunder post game show. And joining me is co-host and fellow H-Town sports junkie, Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, the Rockets, ugh, they lose this one, 119-107 in overtime. And I just got to simply state that they just flat out blew this game down the last two minutes. It's as simple as that. Yeah, you really can't get any simpler than
1: that, Robert. And this series has had a little bit of everything. You know, the Rockets we had the blowout in Game 1, the semi-blowout in Game 2. And they they just looked out of rhythm. They had too many dry spells in Game 3, really. But as you said, it came down to the final two minutes. Uh, Even with the shot that Chris Paul tried to make at the end of regulation, I don't know what kind of shot that was. Uh, If he'd been with the Rockets, we'd have been screaming and yelling in a different manner. But even that didn't matter. It, it just, once Harden found out, fouled out, that was basically the end. But, you know, I mean, at least they still had a chance to win the game, despite the fact that their threes weren't falling. They, they just had way too many dry spells. Yet they were still in it. I, I mean, if the Thunder had really been hitting on all cylinders, they would have had the blowout in game three. But uh, still, it's two games. to It's amazing how much difference, Robert, two games to one, Three games to none sounds. I mean, what a big difference that is.
0: Right, and especially when you look at the other series and the Clippers are having a little problem uh, with their series and the Lakers, and, you know, you got other teams that you're looking at in the West, and you, if you take care of business here, you know, we talked about this the last year. If you take care of business, uh, you're in a really good shape here, and it looked like the Rockets were in just total control. They looked fantastic in the first quarter. I'm going to go back to the first quarter in a bit, but – Let's just get to the meat of the matter and all the kudos that I gave to James or to Daniel house. The last game, uh, I I, I got to take it away at the end of this game because you know, as good as he's been in the series, he had a terrible sequence at the end of regulation. He helps off the corner three on Paul's drive, leaving SGA wide open for three. That was a mistake because you don't give a wide open three when you're up by two, a corner three, especially then he right. misses the free throw on the next possession. When he goes to the free throw, he had the chance to make up for it. If he makes the two free throws, uh, Chris Paul's missed layup and the game's over with. Those four points, it was simple. They cost him the game.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, James Harden even missed a few free throws, All right. Rockets were missing free throws, missing threes, and they just look completely out of sync. I mean, the defense certainly played well in the first half, but yeah, Daniel House, again, First half or first see, quarter. <laughs> first quarter, I'm sorry. Yeah, first quarter, definitely. The the second quarter, it, it's funny. Well, actually, the the start of the second quarter, the third and the fourth, the Rockets just just had several dry spells. But yeah, in the first quarter, you kind of thought, Oh, they're they're gonna take control of this series and they're not gonna they don't have to look back. But getting back to Daniel House, yeah, we gotta see more consistency from him. We we praised him in the last game and it was well deserved. But now we got to kind of step back a little bit, and that's well-deserved because he made some very crucial mistakes that, you know, may not have ultimately cost him, but but certainly could have. It may not have gone into overtime if some of those things hadn't happened.
0: And look, I I love what James Harden did in the first two games and from what I saw out of him, but he reverted to the James Harden I know and I hate, and he seemed to have no interest in staying in front of his man, especially in those last two minutes of the game. That bothered me, and and that was – Sort of after the first quarter, that was an issue. And I also didn't like how he waved off Jeff Green on a couple of screens late in the game on Lou Dort. And, I mean, Dort, he's got his number on defense. Uh, this is a bad matchup for James. He needs another matchup. You don't wave off Green. You could tell that Green knew that. But Harden's ego got in his way. And that's what I've seen from James Harden. Sometimes his ego is his biggest issue. Well, and what's
1: surprising about that, Robert, is that these first two games, it was almost as if his ego wasn't getting in the way. He was passing off to other people, to other players. And yeah, Jeff Green, he was five of eight from three. I mean, Uncle Jeff came through as far as the threes, but everybody else, you know, almost couldn't hit the side of a barn. So yeah, that one play, I I know exactly what you're talking about. He passed up Jeff Green and, you know, he's the one that had the hot hand. But yeah, it's almost as if Harden reverted back to the old James in, in game three. And this is what... I, I just don't understand. I, I wish I could get inside James Harden's head. Uh, maybe I don't want to, but in this case, I, I do want to. I want to find out why is it that sometimes he can play like a true teammate, and it's like, you know what, so and so's got the hot hand. I need to pass it to him, like he did in the first two games.
0: Yeah, it's that wasn't the passing it to to, to Jeff Green. Um, it was the fact that Green comes over there and he and he's trying to he's trying to get a screen on Lou Dort because it's been a terrible matchup. That, that's what I'm talking about. He's trying to get the screen yeah, on. though, that play. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and that's that's where, if you're James Harden, you've got to know the whole game, Dort's giving you an issue. And that, I mean, it, it, it's a problem. Lou Dort, we talked about it before the series. We zeroed in on this. It was going to be an issue with James Harden going up against Lou Dort. And you've seen it the last two games when Dort's been healthy. And, you know, that's a situation where, all right, yeah, Jeff, come over, help me out. Give me the screen. Get me somebody else cuz James can handle everybody else on defense on the on the this the, the Thunder don't have another answer besides Lou Dort.
1: No, they don't. And they have to hope he remains healthy. It's just it, he, he was almost a liability for them because he continued to put up shots that he shouldn't have been putting up. But they can't afford to take him out because he's the only one that is the answer to James
0: Harden. The other thing that bug the hell out of me is it's the definition of insanity is is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result we we know that definition and by that definition harden stop shooting contested threes i get tired of that we've seen him do it in the playoffs for years he's not good at it come playoff time and then the other thing is eric gordon you are insane quit taking threes quit taking threes quit taking threes Quit taking the. Uh, do I got to say it 14,000 times? This is Eric Gordon all year long. He just won't get it through his thick skull. He missed some layups in this one, too. But, Steven, I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm much more okay with that than missing these three, like over and over again, taking three. Not just, not just what, wi- like if he's wide open and the ball gets back to him and he's wide open sitting at th- but he's taking three pointers where he's got to create off the dribble or, you know, he's got to create his own shot whatever i mean he's these are difficult threes and he just keeps taking them like he's going to make them all of a sudden
1: well but how much of that is eric gordon and how much of that is mike d'antoni that's really the question because you know how mike d'antoni keeps insisting you got to put up these threes you got to put up these threes and and you know eric gordon is on his list of that so i i don't i mean i agree with you you you're not going to get any argument with me on that i mean that's the one thing i've always criticized not just about eric gordon but mike d'antoni's philosophy overall is just Continuing to take threes when it's obvious they're not falling, and you know, in, in games one and two, they were doing the little things. You know, even Gordon, even a couple of times, showed he went strong to the rim again. And but the Rockets just weren't able to do that. I mean, they had a lot of paint shots in this game compared to some of the others in the first half. But when it came to the second half, they they weren't even making those shots. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. But again, how much of that is Gordon and how much of that is Stan Tony That's the question.
0: Yeah, there was some regression, too. I mean, look, the Rockets, they looked like we want them to look in the first two games. And if you go back to the first nine minutes of the first quarter of this game, they gave up seven points. That was beautiful to watch. They were exact. I was like, oh, my God, can they keep this up? Is this the new Rockets? And I just—I honestly don't recall a better stretch of Rockets defense in the last couple of years. Seemed like they lost lost a little of their focus in the second quarter. They started to let guys blow by them, then had some... Lazy reach in fouls, but Stephen, one of the little low key things that happened in this game. Robert Covington gets in foul trouble, plays six minutes in the first half, barely plays in this game, and he was not good when he was out there. It was a low key big deal.
1: Yeah, he had that. Uh, I think he had a block in the first couple minutes, but other than that, yeah, he, you didn't really hear too much from from Covington. And when when he's on defensively, then it
0: seems that the rest of the Rockets really click defensively too. Robert Covington played nineteen minutes and the Rockets were minus sixteen when Robert Covington was on the floor. That's pathetic. Eric Gordon, I talked about how bad he was. Again, I like I like these plus minuses when they're when it's blatantly obvious, and it's blatantly yeah. obvious that Eric Gordon was bad because the Rockets were minus twenty nine with Eric Gordon on the floor. They lost by twelve. So that means they were seventeen points worse, you know, than that when he's uh-huh. out there. That's pathetic. I mean, James Harden was a plus six. They fell apart in overtime after he left. We know about that. But without Robert Covington out there, Stephen, another thing is you couldn't give P.J. Tucker rest. He played 44 minutes. He's not 25. You know, it's you need P.J. Tucker to be fresh late in the game. And he missed some threes late in the game.
1: Yeah, he did miss some threes late in the game, although he did come through late in the game, I think, to uh, put the Rockets up by five when they needed it. But other than that, I think that's about the only three he had. So... Yeah, you can't afford to have him playing that many minutes. It's funny how one game can change as far as, you know, how the minutes were distributed. We were praising Mike D'Antoni, especially in game one, where that was concerned. But in this game, yeah, it was a lot tougher to do. And uh, P.J. Tucker played way too much. (laughs) And uh, you just have to hope that the next game, you you hope that the Rockets haven't lost the momentum they gained in those first two games. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow, but... You know, they've got one off day. They've got to come back and and really take control
0: or this series is going to be a brand new series. Are you sensing at all that because the teams are playing in the bubble that the refs are calling it closer than they would call a regular playoff game? Because, man, it seemed like there was a lot of fouls. I mean, the Rockets had some lazy reach-ins throughout this game, but it appears to be this way the whole series to me anyway.
1: It, it is the whole series. And I really think, you know, throughout the whole bubble, Robert, I mean, when I watched the Rockets, it seemed like there were a lot of fouls called, you know, in the uh, seed-end games. But yeah, the playoffs, most of the time you're going to see maybe a little bit looser, you know, a little bit more physicality allowed, but not in this series. I, I mean, it, it just seemed like every time you blink your eye, they're calling a foul. So yeah, it's interesting. That That's something I guess the teams are having to get used to, particularly the Rockets, I, I don't know what the big deal is as far as being in the bubble is concerned,
0: but there definitely seems to be in in all three games. I think you've seen that a lot closer calling. Got to give a little bit of credit to Dennis Schroeder, big game for him. And one thing that we found out Steven late in this game, well, I, I, throughout this game, really, I, I think they're starting to see that a bad matchup is Dennis Schroeder against PJ Tucker. He's just blowing right by PJ.
1: Well, you knew Schroeder was uh, Schroeder was going to get it warmed up. And uh, especially in that fourth quarter, yeah, he he really he he got the thunder back in the game and kept them there just with the way he was shooting. And of course Gallinari, he he got it going too. So b- between those two, that's what needed to happen for the Thunder if they were going to get back in this series, and that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, Schroeder was their bench. I mean, he is the bench for them. You know, this is a six man of the year candidate. He's going to finish in the top 2 or 3 for sure. 29 points for him in this one plus 10 when when he was on the floor is three-point shooting. Not tremendous, just two of ten, but uh, you know, just uh, killing it, getting by. Like I said, PJ Tucker and everybody that the Rockets put in front of him. So uh, you get something from him. You know, it gets real tricky because you know Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Chris Paul, and you you got some weapons out there. One matchup that uh, I, I didn't understand, or one I, I, I guess is one strategy thing that I didn't understand in the first couple of games. There was a lot more in the first three quarters, we saw it late in the game a little bit, but in the first three quarters, Steven, there was Jeff green, bringing the ball up. He was running point forward and it worked really well. And I don't understand why they didn't go to that more in this game throughout.
1: Yeah, it is a little puzzling. I I mean, it just seems like the rockets went away from a lot of the things that worked in games one and game two. Now, some of that is, you know, obviously the thunder being more intense, but yeah, that that's another thing that a lot of those things, they, it seemed like with the offense, you know how the ball movement was really good in games one and game two, but it almost seemed like the Rockets were doing too much dribbling and just not
0: taking good shots, especially, of course, in the second half. Felt like we were back to Rockets from years past where they weren't moving the ball. It was James playing more one on five. That's why I say get the ball to Jeff Green. I like when James is, you know, running that screen out front for Jeff. And I also just would like to see, you know, some more cutting to the basket, uh, some more of the Rockets that we saw, you know, especially at times in the bubble. But, you know, early in this series, we were seeing that. And, you know, they they just kind of reverted. They they went back to old habits. You know what they say, Stephen, old habits die hard. And uh, it's
1: died hard in this game for sure. And I, I just, the, this is the one thing that I guess has held me back. I mean, I was excited after game two, obviously, when you're up 2-0, But this is something the Rockets just continually seem to do time and time again. Just when you think that maybe they can go into overdrive and be the dominant team that you need to be throughout the postseason and win this thing, they stub their toe, but they do it by falling back into their old habits that clearly don't work. It clearly didn't work before. And this is one reason why I think they lost game three, is they did too many of the things that got him in trouble before.
0: And you know, we always say the Rockets live by the three, die by the three. And you know, from game to game, we can just look at that number. And they shot thirty percent in this game. But really, we what we need to start saying, Stephen, is they live by the three and die by the three. Meaning, if if James and Eric Gordon are shooting it well, they they or one of the two of them are, you know, they're going to win. And if that it just seems like. Uh, that's usually the case. Game two, they both didn't shoot it really well, but that's what they've got to figure out how to do is win when those two guys aren't hitting threes because I don't think Eric Gordon's going to hit threes this year. I'm like, when is this going to happen? And James, playoff James, just, you know, he's got issues with hitting threes in the playoffs because he's trying to take these really, I mean, the defense is different and the threes that you're taking are much harder because if you look at the rest of the Rockets from three, you know, those two guys were five of 23. The rest of the Rockets, yeah, P.J. Tucker hit a, missed a couple of late ones, so he was 1 of 5, but not really that much of a factor. Covington was 1 of 2, 50%. House was 3 of 6, 50%. Jeff Green was incredible, 5 of 8. Uh, ben McLemore missed a couple of them, but those were those might have been in overtime. I don't even remember him taking a three-pointer in regulation. And Austin Rivers was 0 for 4, but you know it just didn't seem like uh, he was shooting a ton either it's all Eric Gordon and James Harden. When we're talking about three-pointers with the Rockets, it's really those two guys because the rest of the cast, you know, they're, they're, they're getting wide open. They're going to hit them more, more often than not because they're usually going to be wide open.
1: Well, you mentioned Ben McLemore, and you, you didn't hear from him much at all in this game, and that was kind of disappointing. But that's, that's really where the Rockets, they're, they're bread and butter in these first three games, but especially in the first two games, is that if the threes weren't falling, they did revert. To going to the hoop strong, but that's just something that they they need to get back to doing that effectively because I think that's going to be the difference, especially if those threes aren't falling.
0: The other thing we saw in this game that you know we're going to see throughout this series is just the old Chris Paul with the okie doke and the, you know a lot of Chris <laughs> Paul and James Harden try to do their little shenanigans you know with with each other against each other. We saw it late in that game on the inbounds, a couple of interesting inbounds plays late in the game. You saw the two of them getting into a wrestling match and. They called the foul on on uh, Chris Paul, which you know I could have gone either way. Was that the one that was reviewed? Yeah, that that one was reviewed. But I was going to go to the other review because look, Stephen Adams, I think he got a finger on that ball. They, the replay showed if you watched the ball, it you could tell it changed spin off of the fingertips of Stephen Adams, and then Stephen turns around and he dives after the loose ball, and he saw that nobody else touched the ball. So what's he diving after the ball if he thinks that nobody touched the ball just let it go out of bounds? Yeah, sure. it, it, it was obvious that Steven Adams had to have touched the ball. The, the cameras were not close enough. I don't think – the I don't know if it's a bubble thing or uh, maybe it's something else, but maybe it is a bubble thing because we don't see the cameras right on top in that situation where – you would see I didn't see that angle like we usually see where you you see the fingertips of the ball we see somebody right, with a tight right. shot on the on the basketball and that's a bubble thing and that I, but I still could see the spin changed on it which you know it's a it's a big play in the game it was a big big play
1: well especially because when the ball was rolling out of bounds it seemed like it it was rolling slowly out of bounds and then like you said it just kind of changed direction so You almost had to think that somebody got a finger on it, in this case, Stephen Adams. So unfortunately, the Rockets,
0: it didn't go their way on that either. Right. And I I mean, I don't think they're helping their, I just don't like the way they deal with the officials. I don't think they help themselves with that, Stephen. I don't know. I just, there's a lot of whining and arguing and the histrionics from Eric Gordon, you know, they're, they're, they're never cute to me. But when you're sucking and then you're doing the histrionics, I don't like it. Um, I, I don't think James is any different than any other star, but somebody like Eric Gordon, I, I just don't want to hear from him. PJ Tucker was griping too much. Um, yeah, I just I, I, there's a lot of that stuff with the Rockets that, you know, it's you're not going to help yourself. And look at the free throws in this game. I mean, it's that's a story too. How many? How many did the Thunder have? They shot 34 free throws in this game. The Rockets only shot 23. And that's something we talked about before the series because Oklahoma City—that's what they're good at. They're good at playing defense and not fouling. And the Rockets were doing the opposite. And it's not necessary because the, the Stephen. Do the Thunder have anybody that you're scared of on on offense, like as a as somebody that to drive to the basket outside of I don't know? Sometimes Shea Gil, just sometimes Dennis Schroeder. But that's that's it.
1: Yeah, that's it. That, that's all you're going to see and getting back to the Rockets and just the the, the whining with the fouls. You know, that, I think that's sometimes when you can lose your focus. Those are the things you you have to brush it off and just get back in the game and concentrate, especially in a close game like that. You know, any little moment is going to change. And I just think that the, the Rockets just need to concentrate more on playing better and less, you know, worry that the officiating is going to be what it's going to be. And they just, they need to come back with better focus, uh, not just on that, but just on their overall playing philosophy if they're going to go left 3-1 in this series?
0: Well, it's a, it's a tough one to take. And, I mean, they're still up 2-1, and there is no such thing as home court. So you're not worried, oh, the, now the Thunder fans are really going to get into it in Game 4 because that's not going to happen. <laughs> Maybe the Thunder virtual fans, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Rockets fall 119-107 in overtime. It, it, to me, this series, whether they win or lose, it's 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 about how they play. And I want to see... The Rockets that played games one and two, I do not want to see this Rockets team. One other thing that I'll just say really quietly is, Stephen, they, they, they're they starting to look like they need Russell Westbrook. Just a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: Maybe just a little bit. And uh, he was working out. So there's, there's a good sign right there. So I, you would hope, especially since this series is going to go a little bit longer, that we will see something of
0: Russell Westbrook before the series is over. If you love what we're doing, if you love the Rockets post game shows, let us know, tell your friends, share us, retweet us on social media. Anything that you could do would be very helpful for us. We would appreciate it. Uh, just a reminder that any suggestions or questions or topics, we're, we'd love to get them from you guys. Message us through Twitter, Facebook, email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. Talk to you again really soon. Rockets game four is just, just a couple days away. So uh, stay healthy and safe, everybody.